Aloha and welcome to Connection to the Cosmos with your host, me, Dr. Lisa Thompson, where I have out-of-this-world conversations with extraordinary people. And today, my guest is Dagmar Bryant, so I'm going to bring her on in just a moment, but first a couple of announcements. If you have not grabbed my free 20-minute meditative journey to meet your galactic family and guides, make sure you grab that on my website, mysticmanta.com or drlisajthompson.com. And if you're coming here to Hawaii, to the big island, Kona side, come on one of my big island UFO tours where you will see the night sky in a whole new way using my advanced generation three military night vision goggles. And you can find more information on that website, bigislandufotours.com. Okay, without further ado, I'm going to bring on Dagmar. Hello, Dagmar. Hello, hello. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. So let me share with the audience your background because I we're going to have, I think, a fun conversation today. So Dagmar Bryant, PhD, is a UK-based Australian motivational speaker and business coach. She encourages women to pursue their dreams and desires. Her powerful blend of world-class intuition and real-world experience gives her a message that deeply speaks to audiences of her events. Her PhD thesis was on angels and archangels, the proof of their existence. So, okay, before we jump in to how you decided to do your PhD thesis on angels, because that's quite a different topic, you know, than most, I think, academia would be focused on, I would love for you to share with me and the audience kind of your background, how you grew up, spiritual, religious, something else. Goodness. Well, um, my parents uh, were, well, I was born, actually born in Germany. So my parents were Lutheran and we moved to Australia when I was six years old, hence the Australian accent. And my parents weren't really, they weren't really strong religious people, but we did go to church every now and then. But the spiritual side of me was something I think I felt and connected into just from a very soul kind of being from just knowing of their presence from being very young and I remember one time I was with a lady and do you know I can't remember her name let, let me let me just call her Mel and I was in her in her class and she was doing this environment where she liked to sort of sit and have a book and we were all her little students but wonder we're all adults and we're sitting around like you would do if you're in kindergarten and uh, all of a sudden she just started talking about angels and I just burst into tears. Like it was just this remembering. I think this was in my early 30s when that happened. It was just this, this beautiful remembering of something that was just, just known to me that was just deep inside of me. Okay. Well, so um, you, ha so you have an interesting background because you have a PhD, but you also, you went to law school too, correct? I did. <laughs> So, okay. So I guess transition me from what, how you first started, what, what did you go to school for first? Oh, well, law was one of those things that I was always passionate about because I have this insane, crazy value of justice and fairness. And I didn't study law until quite late. And I discovered, see, the, the, the weird thing is me studying law and then me going into my spiritual uh, side kind of happened within two or three years of each other. And I'm studying law, I'm working with patent and trademark of, uh, attorneys, and I'm discovering that it's just 
not fulfilling that basic need of justice. And it was actually one of my law buddies. And she said to me one day, we're, we're studying, got all the books out on the table. And she says, how would you like to study tarot? And I go, like, what? Like tarot? And yeah. we were, we she was kind of like the instrument of me going down this formal kind of route. And from tarot, I went into this, uh, actually studied mediumship as well. And then the whole psychic thing came about. And along the way, it was that thesis that it was me studying this um, degree. It was a degree in metaphysical sciences that all of these other things came about. So it was just natural then from all the study and all the learning that I'd done on my spiritual side. By the way, I quit law because um, my father, my poor father was absolutely mortified. There was all this stuff going on in the law firm and I basically said, I'm done. I am just done there. I, it would take ages for me to go into everything but um i basically started my own business uh, in a spiritual kind of context i did coaching counseling all that kind of stuff my poor father was absolutely mortified like how can you quit law like you're supposed to be a lawyer um but it was my calling it was really my calling to help people and i knew that i never was going to be able to do it in law now these days i still use i guess you could call it my gifts but I probably don't lead with them as much as I used to, but mm. it's still there. And the funny thing is most times when I, whether it's through networking, connections or clients that come to me, there's an element of the spiritual side because I think spirit just says, yep, she'll help you. She'll get onto that. And, you know, it just works its way out quite magically, actually. Yeah. Excellent. Well, so, Okay, so you're in law school. So then, like, how old were you when you decided to get the PhD? Um, I think I was in my mid-30s, almost 40. Okay, so you had been introduced to angels by the lady you called Mel, right? Yes, yes. And that was that was a bit earlier. That was a little bit earlier, yes. Okay, well, so, you know, when you decided to pursue the PhD, um, how did you decide to do your thesis on angels and archangels? And then tell me, walk me through what your discoveries were. Well, I guess I have to go back a little bit in time to before all of that. And okay. I want to take you back to when I was about 21, 22 years old, and I had my own experience. And I was a pedestrian walking across a big double lane highway totally sober i was due to meet some friends they it looks like they weren't home this was in you know the 80s before mobile phones so i went to look for a telephone and i had to cross this big double highway well what unbeknownst to me i didn't realize that the first section of highway wasn't actually in operation it was like they were still doing roadworks but it was way down there sort of thing and I didn't know that so you know you're doing your look left look right all of that so I did all of that then I'm in the middle of the road and I'm thinking that the cars are coming going going to come from that direction but lo and behold I've stepped onto the road and a car has come from this direction hit me doing it about 45 miles an hour poor guy uh, it must have been such a shock for me stepping onto the road but uh, what happened basically is that I was thrown into the air and did like one of those fancy tumbles. I don't even know how I did that. Landed on the side of the road, 
here's the here's the funny thing. Um, my dad was called and he came, spoke to the driver. Turns out there was no damage to his vehicle whatsoever, except like I had a, I would have had a ring on my finger and um, there was a tiny, tiny mark on the bumper from a ring, but no damage other than that to the car. I wasn't injured. I uh, no broken bones, no nothing. There was a doctor and two nurses on the scene like that. So, mm -hmm. and it was just this most astounding experience and just knowing I was saved that day by an angel. I mean, everyone said, I'll oh, go get a lotto ticket. You're so lucky. And it's like, no, I don't need a ticket. I, I know I've already had my good fortune. Thank you very much. Because I was looked after that day. And it's one of the things that's held me through throughout my life. And I think that's what made it so easy then to talk about angels. And when I was doing this thesis, I put it out on my social media and I had so many people connect with me and tell me their stories and quite I actually had too many to put into the thesis but the thesis wanted examples so I told these stories as part of the thesis of people who had these experiences with beings and they just wanted to share them they just wanted others to know about these experiences okay well so can you share some of what you discovered? What the proof of their existence? I like I like that your subtitle, the proof of their existence. Well, see, the thing is, angels have been around for a very, very long time, like time immemorial, if you like. I think there was one picture that was drawn ten thousand or however many years ago, and it was in the old Babylonian city of Ur, and there have been pictures, you know, you, you, in the Renaissance, you've got people like um, Raphael, um, Michelangelo, and they're, they're drawing these beautiful frescoes of angels. So angels have been around. It's just that in this day of technology, I guess they're not as, as acknowledged as much. And yet you've got people like William Blake who talked in his writings about having conversations with the Archangel Gabriel. So those are all examples and more. Joan of Arc uh, was another one. Uh, people who have seen angels, who've had experiences with angels. Um, some of my own other, I've, I've had lots of experiences myself. And I believe that we all have the ability to connect with angels, whether it's our angel, whether it's the archangels. We just have to have an open heart and an open mind. And you start having conversations with people and they'll tell you of things that have happened that have been quite astounding or miraculous. So for people who don't know much about angels, I've had some other angel people on as guests and um, I have been able to experience um, my, I guess, guardian angel um, before. And I, I sometimes call in Archangel Michael to do a blue bubble kind of thing. But so I would love to know what some of your experiences besides, I mean, that car accident story, that is quite incredible that you were not harmed. The car was not harmed. I mean, so what other, in other, what other ways were you able to interact with your angels? And how did you know that it was angels? coming? Oh, out? you're giving me um, 
goosebumps giving me the the chills as I, as I as I think about some of these experiences. I remember this was a, a few years, probably about ten years ago now. With with my husband, we were doing a radio show, um, an internet radio show, and we were talking about some metaphysical stuff. And on this particular day, we always did the show on a Friday. Um, it was sort of done around lunchtime, but in the morning we had to go out, did our shopping, and we just happened to be talking about should we be doing this show? Is that going to be the right topic for today? Well, would you believe? a car came in front of us, turned in in front of us, had the registration plate M-C-H-E-A-L. And it's like, hello, Archangel Michael, hello. Of course we're meant to do this topic. Do you know, that there are signs that angels give us in so many ways. I mean, that was that was pretty obvious. Um, there was, and I, and I have, I've had, because I'm like you, I, I really connect with Archangel Michael. And I know a lot of people connect with some of the other angels and that's okay. But I find that Archangel Michael in a lot of ways is my go-to. And um, there was another occasion when I was crossing the road. Now I'd been reading some books and I think it might've been even in relation to the thesis. And I, I, I must've sent this thought upstairs at one point and thought to myself, gee, it'd be really cool to actually see him, wouldn't it? And this one day, I'm crossing the road. This is where I used to live in Melbourne. And it was a divided road, but in the middle, you had a little section where pedestrian, so you had cars going one way. Then you have the middle section where you can sort of stand while you're waiting to cross to the other side. So this one day I'm crossing this big road and there's a bus stop not very far away, but I'm crossing the road and this guy walks next to me. Now, super tall, quite slender, blonde, blondy hair, but in kind of quite a trendy kind of cut. And he had those baggy kind of pants, you know, guys wear the ones that are a little bit loose and sort of hanging down their, their bottom a bit. And he was just looking at me in this really funny way. And I'm thinking, well, I don't, I don't know you. I don't know why you're looking at me. But he crossed the road with me to the other side. And then he turned around and went back, went back immediately the other way, went behind the bus stop. The bus stop is made of clear glass perspex kind of material. Yeah. Okay. But he disappeared. Like he just oh. wasn't there. And I know even now, as I say that, I get the chills. It's like, oh, I know who you were. I know, I know exactly who you were. It was like I sent the thought up saying, "Can I see you? This is you showing you this a modern version of you to right. me." And I thought, oh, that is just so so cool. And there was another time I was with my girlfriend uh, Michaela. She was uh, we were together having coffee in Brisbane. And all of a sudden we just started having this conversation and all of a sudden we both called out and he is just so tall because we're just talking about Archangel Michael and we both had these experiences of of seeing him um I, I could I could go on and on but there's lots of experiences like that wow so was that the one and only time that you actually physically saw him or were there other times there was definitely there's definitely been more uh, one that I can think of immediately that springs to mind is, you know, in that state when you're just about to go to sleep, you're kind of half awake, half asleep, and all of a sudden but beside my bed I could feel 
a presence and I wasn't afraid and I didn't want to open my eyes because you know it's like when you have a dream you don't want to open your eyes because you don't want it to go away but I could feel like I could see it like with my third eye I could mm -hmm. see his presence and there's this most magnificent orange glow and he had his bit and he had his sword and it was just this it was orange and it was magnificent and this beautiful sense of calm that came with him it was just yeah I, I know who you are and a few times messages have come through from spirit um um just a couple of times you know with with having a conversation and you know all of a sudden you know my husband said oh i'm just he's my husband's very intuitive and he said oh i'm just getting some letters coming through is this like one of your uh relatives and he said oh i'm getting an m and an i and a c and i'm going no it's not one of my relatives but i know who it is and it's like yeah so it's That's just stuff like that yeah excellent well so when you're working with your clients do the angels come in when when you're working with them or is it more of a personal experience for you it depends very much on the client and i don't like i said i don't lead with that so much because i'm doing coaching so mm -hmm. i might get an intuitive hit and i'll say i'm getting a message you know or an intuitive um insight for you would you like me to share it with you and that's generally how it starts. I'll just ask them, you know, can I have your permission to share a message that I'm getting? And it depends on how they accept it. Now, to date, I have not had anyone who said, no, I don't believe in any of that stuff. It just hasn't happened that way. So it'll usually start like that. And then there's a conversation that follows, depending then also on their experiences. Okay. So when you're... Um... I guess, do you really tune in with, to the mediumship and psychic abilities that you have um, on a daily basis or when you're working with your clients? And are you, which of the clairs are heightened for you? Oh, goodness. All right. Um, the answer is yes and yes. So I do tune into that side of me. I love doing a meditation and connecting into, I guess, my higher self and to what spirit wants to let me know in terms of my clairs i probably am very clear or very auditory mm -hmm. so i will hear messages from spirit and i'm also very sensory so i feel so when i talk about oh i've got those goosebumps the chills coming it's like okay i've delivered a message spirit will give me those when i've delivered the message that a client's needed to hear okay and then so and i'm sure you get messages for yourself too i do but i i guess it's i'm a little bit wary of messages for myself like i know i get messages and i i guess i just have to be very careful of not interpreting it to be what i want it to be rather than what the true message is so i will go to somebody else that i know to you know, my, sometimes my husband will say something, oh, yeah, I already got that. Okay, thank you. That's my confirmation. So, you know, or, or, or a friend of mine and some they'll say something and I go, oh, yeah, I got that. All right, yeah. I, I actually had a, um, when I was, we, my husband and I lived in Southern California not that long ago and 
we were there for a while and I was connecting with one of my girlfriends back in Australia and she said the first words out of her mouth when we got on the phone, she said, what on earth is going on with you? I've had Archangel Michael talking to me all night. I've got, oh, okay, I'm, 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 I'm ready, I'm listening. Okay, what have you got for me? Okay, so um, can you share what the message was? Oh, it was in that particular instance, I probably won't share that because it, it was, we were just going through a little bit of a hard time, but okay. it was about persevering and just, you know, letting us know that it would be okay. And that was kind of like more messages of, of reassurance because I there, there was something that had happened and I think I, I, I pretty, I remember it and it was, I was pretty upset at the time. So it was just really messages of reassurance and getting through it and we did okay so with your intuition and psychic abilities and all of this was that something that you experienced through your childhood or did it really come on in your adulthood it was definitely it was, it's definitely been something that i've had within me for a very long time and I can give you so many examples, even being in um, school. I remembered this in high school. Do you remember the, what are they called? The, the Zena cards? You know, the cards that have got the, the triangle, the circle, the square. Have you ever seen those? I don't know if I have. <laughs> ah, so there was this one time, I think I was about 15, 16. We did this, I don't know why we did this activity in school. But the look at look at look it up. I think there's I think there's Zena cards, and you pull the cards. You put them upside down, and you you get you just sort of hold you hold hold it up to the person, and okay, and they have you have to guess what's on the other side. And the lady I was working with, Chris, she said, "Oh my goodness, you are so good at this. You are getting so many of these right." So it was stuff like that um, through my experiences you know, even going into work, I would know, I would just know things about people, whether, you know, I'd be able to be friends with them, whether I'd be able to be open with them, uh, just stuff about them would come to me. And I would know pretty much in, I, I think it's a protective thing that my spirit team was protecting me about people that probably weren't in my best interest. So I knew I knew to steer clear of certain people because no, you can't trust them and just stuff like that. So it's in a lot of ways, it's been with me for, I don't know, since I was born, I guess, but I just didn't know. I, I, I didn't realize I was different. I kind of thought that everybody had that. And it wasn't until I was, oh goodness, it was with an ex one time I said something was going to happen. And he said, how can you know this? You've just met the person. Like I didn't know what I was doing. I just kind of thought that that's normal. Like everybody does that. And yeah, he just sort of freaked, freaked, freaked him out a little bit. And he said, he just said I was some kind of a weirdo. And yeah, I didn't realize I was different. I just okay. thought that was that was what everybody did. Well, so your your family, so because you had mentioned your dad, like um, in terms of being upset of you leaving law and all of that, like does he know your abilities and this this transition? Like, did he support you um, with getting your PhD in this, or what was it? can you tell me about that? 
Well, I'd love to tell you that it's a really nice ending, but unfortunately it's not. Um, my dad passed away in 2011 and he, he never came to terms with me changing my career from being, hey, you're going to be this great lawyer to you're doing what? <laughs> like that kind of reaction. I went from being the the daughter who's going to really succeed to the black sheep of the family and he really never got over it um there are passages in the bible that he'd quote to quote to me from leviticus and you shall not mix with um with um i can't remember it but basically well with seers and prophets and stuff like that and it's like you know you know dad there were people in the bible who used to see things as well i mean what about daniel and his nice colored uh, coat and all that kind of stuff and it's like he never wanted to hear that so it was actually a really sad ending and he yeah he never he never got over it and he never supported it and he used to have conversations with my sister because she became the go-to person and he'd say things to her and I know this because she told me he'd say things to her like when's your sister going to stop becoming a psychic you know it's like I was diseased it's like uh, my, my my poor dad he just I actually feel sorry for him because it's a beautiful thing to acknowledge and to have, but he just couldn't come to terms, couldn't come to terms with it. Okay. Well, has he ever come through any kind of mediumship to communicate with you since he passed? Yes. And here's the funny thing. It took, uh, hold on, there's a few things. Let me, let me just, I'll just order my thoughts. Okay. My sister is the biggest skeptic out there. So she never believed, but she'd be able to have a conversation with me. She she never, it was just not a big topic that we ever spoke about. The funny thing is when my dad passed away, she would, and I would have a conversation on the phone and she'd say, I had a dream about dad last night. And I'd say, well, what did he say? And she said, oh, well, he was just on the phone. It was like, I don't know if they had actual conversations. I think they did, but maybe she didn't remember them. And I and I sort of looked up to the ceiling as you do going, excuse me, I'm the medium, like you're not having a conversation with me. But it actually took 10 years, 10 years. And it, that was only fairly recently in the last sort of six to 10, no, about, must be a bit more than that, about 12 months ago now. Mm -hmm. And he came through in a meditation to me and I just had tears just rolling down my, um, just rolling down my face because he actually came to me and he, he genuinely apologised, but it took 10 years, 10 years. Okay. Well, but so, yeah, so I'm, I, that's what I, I was wondering if he had come to be like, you know, I'm, I am sorry, I didn't support you and all of that because What's interesting, why why I'm asking that is my grandmother, when she was alive, she was pretty religious and she didn't necessarily approve of the things that I was doing spiritually or that my mother and her other daughter were doing spiritually. And when um, I was doing my past life regression training, there was a lady in the class with me who was kind of a psychic medium and she she was like, you know, there's a woman standing there next to you. And, and we, we figured out it was my grandma. But the message was basically, you know, I was wrong. Keep going on the path you're going on because you are definitely 
you know, closer to, I, you know, all realities are, are fine, but like closer to the truth of, you know, what reality is. And so anyway, so I'm just, I'm well, always curious <laughs> if people yeah. really religious or really skeptical, um, how they come about when they can see things on that other side. Yeah. Oh, look, I get the whole thing about past life regression too. It's something that I've, I've uh, read uh, read and, and studied as well as hypnotherapy. And I still remember reading the book um, by Michael, and I've gone forgotten his name, Journey of Souls, Destiny of Souls, okay. and some fascinating stories. He's um, a hypnotherapist who was practicing in California, and he wrote these books about the experiences that people had when they passed over. And it was not just about what happened at the end of this life it's well, what happens when you cross to you know you know who are you met by and all that kind of stuff and I always found that absolutely absolutely fascinating it, it's it's like this beautiful pot of just everything kind of nicely just blends together when you can help people whether it's past life regression whether it's mediumship whether even timeline therapy and or you know the, the intuitive stuff it all just works it just fits together so nicely it does well so now take us take us into how you work with your clients because we don't have to stay on the angel topic we can, sure. we can branch out and how did you decide to actually become a coach and um you know you've you've done so many things in your life were there life experiences that led you that that way or just uh, knowing like a calling I think it's always a little bit of life experience or oh, that's my belief anyway and and so many people that I speak to in this field like even with this conversation we're having here a lot of the clients that we are attract are because of the experiences that we've had that we can help them with so if a client has a particular issue then invariably it's something that I've got knowledge of or that I can help them move through and transition to, you know, to the to a better place. And that's what I really want to help my clients with. And I find the majority of my clients are, well, they are women. It would never started out as in, an, an intention to work with women, but it's now primarily women in their 40s and 50s who really want to have a better life, who want to have a certain amount of freedom and who want to put themselves first but probably don't know how to go about that. Okay. So I guess breaking free of my law career, it makes me perfectly positioned to be able to go, hey, I know I can help you with that. Right. Well, and I similarly, like I left academia. So I have a PhD in biology and, you know, I left academia, which my family, they were like, what? you, you know, you worked all these years to get the degree and you have the tenure track position and, but it wasn't feeding my soul anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I had quite the journey, but so the people coming to you then, are they looking for career change or just a better life? I would say it's a little bit of, they don't even know exactly what it is they want. They go, I'm not happy. I'm not even sure exactly how to get to be happy. All they know is I'm in this spot, in this space where it's not enough. I'm 
going through the motions, I'm going through the routine, I'm getting up every day, I'm doing what I need to do, but there's just no satisfaction in it all. The questions that they are asking themselves is, isn't there more to life? Isn't there more that I could be doing? Why Why am I just, is, is this all there is? That that kind of thing. So they're in this kind of no, 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 no man's land, no woman's land of, yeah. of something in between. And they just need help. They, they, they need that support and an accountability partner to get them there because these women have tried so much, whether it's reading books, whether it's doing YouTube, whether it's going on courses, and it's never been enough to get them from where they are to where they want to be. It might start out with, oh, yeah, it's great. Do this and we'll do that. And then it's a month or two down the track. It's like going to the gym. You get so excited. You sign up for a program and what, you go a few times, and then all of a sudden, you know, don't go anymore. And that's kind of what it is with, with, with their life experiences. They don't have that, because they don't have that accountability partner, they give up and they believe that it just doesn't work. So that makes sense. It's up, it's up to us, us yeah. as light workers to help them get to where they want to be. So can you give us an example of a couple of clients that have made some major transformations in working with you? Uh, yes, I can give you an example of a lady I worked with recently. She's actually a friend of mine from Switzerland. Um, and, I, and I give her as an example because she is a, she is a friend, but it was just such a profound tran transition. Um, she's actually, um, she's like a horse trainer and she does training with people with, it's horse-based training basically. And she got to the stage herself where she's gone, I'm blocked, I'm blocked. I, I, I know how to do all this work. See, this is the funny thing is she herself is like a coach, like she's a coach. And yeah. she got to the space where I, I just don't know what else I can do. Like, And it just needed someone else to come in, new perspective, fresh eyes mm -hmm. to lead her through. Uh, she actually gave me a Google review as well. So... <clears throat> It's it's that transition when you you think even as a coach as a as a trainer yourself you think I should know this and maybe sometimes we feel a bit embarrassed asking for help because hey we've done all the work we've done all the tools but then when we have our own stuff coming up it's like well sometimes it just needs that other person to go hey let's try this I know yeah. you've tried this this and this but let's try this anyway. Yeah. So it's just it's just a new perspective. And a lot of my clients have done stuff like that, even in terms of business as well, getting someone else to come in and say, OK, well, this is what's going on. You tell me it's a business problem. And this is the funny thing. People tell me it's a business problem, but then it doesn't end up being a business problem. It ends up being a lot of other stuff that's led up to this business problem. They're relating it to the business problem because, hey, that's the most recent problem. But the problem started way back here. Yeah, beautiful. Well, and I like as a coach and I've always had coaches, always. <laughs> coaches need coaches too. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so what has been the most profound thing for you in all of the work that you're doing whether it's with your clients or with the angels like what 
what is your biggest takeaway for yourself? Expect the unexpected. One of the biggest takeaways for me is, you know, we get conditioned as youngsters, if you like, way back when, we, when we're young, to believe a certain way of this is the way the world is, you know, we're caught up in technology, we're doing all of these things like this. Nowadays, there's, I'm imagining we're probably, I'm probably a little bit older than you, but think about the technology that we had growing up compared to the technology of people growing up these days. Everything is technology, technology based. And yet, there are so many things that neuroscience tells us nowadays are the, the, the things in between that I believe that we need to trust that, you know, if, if people can believe in God because they have a Bible, that's a leap of faith. But I believe that there are other things as well. And I know that you talk about aliens and, and seeing the world in a different way. I believe that if we all allowed ourselves that space to look outside the box, to question that not everything has to be science-based, that there, there are things that we don't know and that we can't see, yeah. then just a whole new world opens up for us. And it's a beautiful world. Yes. Um, well, and that's one of the reasons why I couldn't stay in academic science anymore because all of my, my experiences that I had in my... Um, in my teen years really could not be explained by science. And I, you know, I knew things existed outside of the realm of what science can measure and all of that, because we don't have the correct tools at this moment. That doesn't mean that in the future, we're not going to have those tools to measure it. But yeah, there is just so much more to existence than just this physical third dimensional reality. Well, absolutely. But also think about the things that, we got taught in school and I, my husband and I, we like, excuse me, watching like documentaries and, you know, whether it's even shows like Ancient Aliens, you don't have to believe everything in the shows that they tell you, but just to have that open mind to go, actually, there's something to this. Not everything can be proven just by what a scientist tells you. And, you know, when they, they're discovering now that the world is so much older than yeah. they ever believed, a, a sort of, certainly older than they, than they said to us when I was at school, the, yeah. the telescopes that we have now are, see, are seeing universes beyond universes that we never thought were possible. And the thought that I would like to leave your audiences with is once upon a time, people thought that the earth was flat mm -hmm. and it's just knowledge it's when we can expand our knowledge expand our vision you know those great explorers if they would have stayed with the thought that the earth was flat well we would never have had explorations to other countries to other places and it's just about opening that thought process Beautiful. Well, so please share how people can find you, your website, what socials you're on and all that. 
thank you so much so my website is dagmarbryant.com i'd absolutely love to have a chat with you if you have any questions about how coaching can help you move from where you are to where you want to be um, my primary social is linkedin so it's dagmar bryant empowerment um empowerment resilience and well-being as my topics for um coaching and speaking and i also have a youtube channel called mindset to success hasn't kind of i haven't done if done a little bit with it but if you're looking at ways to shift your mindset there's some videos there it was one it was one of my big projects that i did when we first had the first lockdown it was just like helping people with their mindset so there's some great videos and meditations on there as well to help you break through of some of those blocks that you might be encountering Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being here, for taking the time to talk to me and share with the audience. And I, um, I just appreciate everything that you have shared and that you're doing out in the world. So thank you. Lisa, thank you so much for having me on your show. I hope it's been useful for your audience. And it's been just such a delight being here and having a chat with you. And for everyone watching or listening, thank you for your time. And I'll see you next time on Connection to the Cosmos. Aloha.